would be an ecumenical matter. Hello and welcome to Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast. This week we're discussing season two, episode one, Hell. We're getting to meet Father Noel Furlong, played of course by Graham Norton. This week to join us we have a returning guest for the first time. It is Colin Hazard, who you met in season one, episode two, Father Stone's episode. So how are you doing today, Colin? I'm good. I'm looking forward to talking about a better episode than the Father Stone episode. Well, yeah, the Father Stone episode was definitely our controversial episode because we, we seemed to make it a very controversial statement when we said we didn't like it that much. I even just watched a bit of Joe Father Ted picks on all four before we came on here. And Gremlin and Arthur Matthews says that was their favourite episode as well. So we're definitely speaking amongst the minority in this. Well, what do we know? Yeah. <laughs> we're just the fans, man. <laughs> And of course, as always, I'm joined by Vince Flemosh on Beam. So how are you doing today, Vince? Yeah, alright. Just tired. Yeah, we're all tired. I just Leave my bed. Ah, uh, good. Well, d- hold off for a bit. It is still sunlight. Are you, do you not like the sunshine that we're getting here? Nah. You'd rather get nah, the floods. It's too getting... warm. It's too, I'm not sleeping properly. Way too warm. <laughs> so today we're, uh, we were discussing a very brilliant episode, Hell, which I think was a fantastic episode. I watched it about two hours before you guys came over here, and it just the amount of touchstone moments are in this one episode. Noel Furlong's first appearance for a start. A few other very important first appearances we'll get to, but just some brilliant uh, one-liners that have lasted the distance. But we'll get into it first. So basically, Ted and Dougal are trying to figure out why July the 18th is uh, particularly noteworthy. July 19th. July 19th, was it? Yeah, sure. July 19th. July the 12th. <laughs> so we, all, we all know why that's uh, noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Bastille Day, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Seems to be a lot of going on in July, isn't it? Yeah, like the Ice Age. July 4th and July, yeah, the end of the Ice Age on July 19th. <laughs> <laughs> and of course the time on Mars, or sorry, Marathon, moved to Snickers. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon they did that because just the way it was alphabetized? That just came to me. Like, uh, if you put all the chocolate bars in alphabetical order, you'd have Marathon, then Mars. Maybe too similar. I hadn't thought about that. That's probably a different podcast. <laughs> it probably is, it probably is. But yeah, so what does uh, July 19th mean to you, Cole? doesn't mean an awful lot to tell you the truth. End of riot season. Well, is it, you what know, does it mean to you, James? Well, today when Galway was liberated from India, oh, finally they, they threw off the shackles of their imperialist Indian forces. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it turns out that that's, uh, that's a holiday that uh, Ted and Dougal and Jack go on every year, and Jack was very on the ball with that. Did you see his costume? With the, uh, the old-timey swimsuit. He's never, had, he's never had that much enthusiasm for anything other than alcohol. I don't think. Well, the, yeah, not, except holidays now, we don't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. the only thing he's got enthusiasm for. And he, he dressed, definitely dressed up to the nines. That was a brilliant costume. He mm-hmm. loves holidays even more than he loves them out of cliffs. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, he went off another set of cliffs today, so... Indeed. <laughs> he, he must love them. And speaking of cliffs, the first appearance that I wanted to bring up, Larry Duff, his first appearance on the show, I didn't think he was slipped into the show. No, season two, first episode, he was Larry Duff. Right? Yeah. There you go. So it was actually Ted got him his phone as well for <laughs> Christmas. We find out. So Ted's actually like the death from Final Destination, I think. What was he, <laughs> what was he doing in today's episode? He went to pick up his phone. When I was driving along. It was actually, if you didn't know what was coming, it, it was it would have actually taken you by surprise quite a bit because it was just he's in the car and he's driving along. And the phone rings, and he looks around to pick it up, and when he uh, looks up again, he's just careening off the side of a cliff. I know, Father Larry Duff. Ah, uh, Larry. Yeah. He sometimes comes around this area when he gets a break. He's tremendous fun. I'll give him a call on his mobile phone. I got him one for Christmas. <laughs> He's always complaining that nobody rings him on it. <laughs> 
It's got a very nice muscle car, Father uh, Larry Duff does, <laughs> yeah. but uh, <laughs> it's clean enough. Pretty well off. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was the first appearance. Of course, there'll be many more to come. Mm-hmm. Then we'll have to find out what's our favourite one at the end of uh, the series. But he survived, as the man thinks, when he comes back. He's, he's got a great survival instinct, so he does, yeah. He's a real fighter. <laughs> <laughs> can rebuild him. Robo-priest. Robo-priest. <laughs> Roddy Doyle makes another appearance in today's episode. Who? Roddy Doyle, the author. So we had him last week. It was one of the books that Ted was trying to impress Polly Clark with. Oh, was and this week, it turns out that Douglas started reading it. Uh, July 19th. I wouldn't know, Ted, you big bollocks. I'm sorry. I said, I wouldn't know, Ted, you big bollocks. Have you been reading those Roddy Doyle books again, Dougal? I have, yeah, Ted, you big gobshite. Dougal takes it a bit too hard, all the language of it, the colourful language. Oh, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't know, you big bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I know you haven't got a chance to watch it recently, Colin, but one of the episodes sort of sticks out at you. That's, that's the thing. It's one of those episodes I don't think you need to watch. But I didn't need to watch, certainly, for this, because it sticks in the mind so much, because there is so many great lines in it. I, I think it's maybe the first time that they've gone anywhere. It's been set outside of the Crag Island house. Yeah, so they've gone off the island, and they've very definitely gone off the island, I think, to go on this holiday. So the fact, the fact that they went to the mainland later on, like the season three episode, is not actually a big deal of them going to the mainland. It's just the adventure they have at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this time, as you say, they're, they're actually, they've gone off the island, and they're away on holiday now. So we were trying to discuss if the autograph signing last week was off the island as well. Or not last week, the week before, with Polly Clark. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, but I don't think it was ever mentioned. It wasn't. It was just sort of you were left to played, but yeah, not really. But I would say that was would have been off the island too. Like that would have been say, Galway been, or something. Where would they have had an autograph sign on that island? Like it, you see the overhead shots and all of it and stuff, and it just looks like sporadic houses and fields and. Here's a big island though. Sheep. They've got fun fairs. <laughs> and they've got the cliffs. And they've got uh, Saint Kevin's stump. Well, they don't have Saint Kevin's stump, but the no, campfire does. The campsite does. When when Ted left the book signing, they were on the road and he pulled up beside your woman, so that so maybe they were on the mainland anyway. But we'll never know. We'll, we'll never know. We're just not meant to know. Exactly. exactly. Surely somebody has worked out where in Ireland that island is. Well, like, it, looking at the overhead shots, I know it, they're obviously it's meant to be like a fictional island. Oh, that, but that somebody island? has probably looked at those overhead shots because people do it all the fucking time online. And worked out exactly where they are. Like. Well, I think they've said where that island is. I don't have it to hand here, but I think. Oh yeah, of course they have because people go to that house all the time. Well, the house isn't on that island. The island is oh, just right. for the cover for the for the origin. Yeah, so yeah, for the start, yeah, for the title sequence. Mrs. Doyle once again comes out. Now we're up to on her I'll go on count. <laughs> we're up to twenty nine. She didn't say it. Did she, she didn't, and we'll find out here. And speaking of cake, I'm fine for cake, Mrs. Doyle. Are you sure, Father? <laughs> There's cocaine in it. There's what? Oh, no, not cocaine. What am I on about? <laughs> no, I meant, um, what you call them? Raisins. Oh. <laughs> right, Shepard. I won't, thanks. Ah, you will. Sure, it's only small. It's just a tiny little cake. You won't even feel it going in. You won't even know you're eating it. No, you will know I'm eating it, Mrs Doyle. No, you won't. You look at the size of it. It's hardly even a cake. It's a micro-cake. Mrs Doyle, I really won't have any cake. Oh, come on now. It's got raisins, cherries, cinnamon. Cinnamon? Oh, yes. Well, actually, I do love cinnamon. 
OK, Mrs Doyle, what the heck? I'll have one. Great. No. No, Father, I'm forcing you. No, no, you're not. Again, she, she doesn't actually say the words, I go on. And she's actually pushing tea or in this cake. In this case. In this cake. In this cake. In this case, uh, cake, which has cocaine in it, of course. <laughs> I prefer all my uh, bakery products to have lined with some sort of class A narcotic. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, she means raisins. It's a, bit, it's a bit weird that she gets those two mixed up, of course. <laughs> I think we've all got those two mixed up in her head. Uh, yeah. One of the times I've snorted a line of raisins. <laughs> So instead of her saying, I go on, she, again, she's coming up in really creative ways of her not saying those words. In yeah. fact, she says, now, who's who's up for tea? She seems to say that a lot more often. Like, that should have been her catchphrase. Yeah, it's kind of making me wonder, like, how I go on became her catchphrase. Because well, so far, she's only said it in pretty much one episode. No, well, four. But well, yeah, but the bulk of it was in one, one episode. Yeah, 25 times in one episode. Yeah. Would you like some of her cocaine cake? She didn't even let uh, Ted have the cake then. Just as she finally won him round, because it had cinnamon in it. She decided, no, she'll be a paragon of virtue. Mm-hmm. Would I want cocaine cake? No comment. <laughs> cool cake. You can tell me off air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dougal has a very odd appreciation for ecology and ecological subjects, because he knows that cliffs disappear by erosion, as we found out in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And he also knows the exact date of the Ice Age. July 19th. On this day, uh, Galway liberated from Indians. Um, <laughs> uh, Marathon becomes Snickers. <laughs> Aha, Ted, I say Jens. There's those kind of lines that make the show for me, is those little subtle lines that just kind of almost explode. Just stupid throwaway again. Yeah, right? like from the first episode where the cliff's gone, or the erosion they've gone, or they've, they've taken the roads in because <laughs> yeah. of, of the bad weather, just things like that. And that's just so kind of surreal, I love it. That's it, like they do just throw away like great little gags and but never even think about them anymore. And What I love about that Ice Age one, Ted's going like, oh, like, why is this state so important? He goes, I don't know, maybe it's the end of the Ice Age. And he goes, no, no, it's nothing like that. And then he ends up checking through like this little book. And he goes, there you go, end of the Ice Age. Yeah. <laughs> and it like, confirms it. But he confirms it, it's <laughs> very... He came back to it very quickly and it was so a, funny. It's a ropey source he's using, I think, because... Yeah, it uh, looks like his own diary or yeah. <laughs> But we do get a, a reappearance by Tom. Young Tom, this is the first time you've been trusted with such a large consignment of raw sewage. Are you sure you'll be all right? Oh, well, yeah. Don't be worried about me at all. And remember, Tom, this is the button that opens the doors, and this is the button that makes the sewage shoot out. This one's for the doors, and this one shoves the stuff out. No, 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 no. It's the other way around. Right, so I said you earlier I didn't really like this episode, and this sort of backs up why. It was too sitcom-y for my liking. I know Father Ted is a sitcom, but it sort of avoids most of the tropes of it. And the whole thing with Tom was too sitcom-y for me. It starts out right away with him in the truck and they're showing him the buttons. And right away you're like, oh, well, that's all going to come into play later. You know, well, it was too much of a setup, and it was too obvious. What we were saying last week, uh, or the week before, about the trope of just digging bigger lie holes, I think this was the same. Like, mm. this button opens the door and this one shoots the sewage out. Yeah. And it's like, right. And everyone in the audience started laughing because they knew he's going to get that wrong. But the thing with the you know the lie holes, with lie holes that just sounds weird. Um, it does, the, like. the thing with the lies the other week was that they were going down the traditional sitcom trope, but then they kind of gave it a bit of a, a free bit of a curveball with it in that it didn't go the way that a normal sitcom would, you know. They kind of just backtracked on it and all went that doesn't matter because they didn't get what he wanted out of it in the end. Whereas this, it was like they set it up for this traditional sitcom trope and then they followed through with it as well later. Yeah, and that just, annoyed me a bit. 
when you saw it, when you saw the red button, you knew that somebody was going to get sprayed. Yeah. That, what Vince has said, doesn't really annoy me. What annoyed me, and this is kind of standard for all sitcoms, is whenever the gunk was coming out of the machine, out of the truck, mm. why don't they just move? Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like, it's so many of those things. And yeah. It didn't feel like they were parodying it or anything. It just felt like... Too standard. But is that your only complaint with it? Because well, that was... that's the thing. The whole episode felt like that to me. Everything about it, it was like, you know, every sitcom does a fucking holiday episode or whatever, and they've done that, and then... It's just, I don't know, everything just seemed weird and a lot of it felt forced as well. A lot of the awkward situations, felt, even though I laughed at them initially, they did feel quite forced eventually. I don't know if I'd agree because, yes, they do go on holiday, which, as you say, is it's always, there's always an episode to take off where the, the clan goes on holiday, the group, yeah. the gang goes on holiday. But this one was taking absolute piss because, okay, they were having a shit holiday, but they were having a shit holiday because they were just fucking nothing to do. That was very fodder to end to me. Uh, well, and the character that made it so shit as well was uh, Noel Furlong. We'll get into it a bit. And the ugly yeah. naked guy. Well, yeah, ugly naked guy is a sort of sitcom nineties trope, isn't that, it? <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole show. Just that naked man. I just <laughs> but I just really like the fact that every time Ted has an interaction with him, it just cuts to Ted with the police again. Every time, <laughs> and it's just so perfect the way they did it. And That's probably my favorite part of the episodes. You know, you have to feel for Ted because. But this is the thing: more sitcom tropes could have all been easily solved if he had just explained what was happening. And the guy well, was, being, but the guy was being irrational. So that's again sitcom trope. Instead of just accepting the guy's apology and accepting what happened, he took it further than it had to go. There's such things as genres in music. Yeah. And you, if you play three chords in a punk song, you're going to play a punk song. You, you know. know. But it's just Father Ted to me. It's, I felt like it, it's done a good job for the whole thing, avoiding these sort of, just you know stereotypes if you will for sitcoms well I'd say because it's the second series they probably had a bit of a budget injection mm. so they just want to sort of expand it a bit because there's considerably more characters in the episode than we've seen before like there's well A there's the ugly naked guy and his wife the policeman mm-hmm. uh, Noel Furlong and his uh, and his crew and then Jack's entourage when he gets the yacht at the end that was it. There were a lot of things that still feel like Father Ted, but it's just it's it felt like it veered too much towards sitcom. Well, I mean, it, I think it earned it though because it, like like I said, I laughed about fifteen times during this episode, which I don't do during. See, I didn't really laugh too much in it. Do not laugh at? Uh, I laughed. Furlong, I laughed at the Ice Age. No, Furlong, Graham Norton, whatever the fuck you call him. I think he did his job in that he actually annoyed me. I actually got annoyed by him. Exactly. And I think perfect, he, he yeah. did do a really good job at that. But I don't know if that was necessarily him playing the character well or just him being Graham Norton. So. Well, you didn't know who he was then at the time. Like, do you remember? Uh, at the I time think at that time he had his TV show, did he not? I don't think so. Maybe yeah. sure he did. Or maybe I'd seen no, it when there was a rerun on. Uh, the TV show, so that was. He had the So Graham Norton mm. on Channel 4. Considering what he's doing now, which is, you know, the BBC's face of Eurovision. Mm hmm. It was a very, very seedy show that he was presenting. Very seedy show. He's oh, yeah, surprised yeah. he can get onto BBC One television now. Like he was whopping dildos out of his desk every week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't watching that as a child. And having live white cams of somebody who can pee on command, like, you know, it was very seedy, and now look what he's gone on to. I don't remember that show at all. Really? So it was on Friday nights, like, and when, you know, when you were 13, 14, you couldn't do anything on Friday nights, so all you had was Channel 4 mm. TV. Well, I mean, he was active. He started in about 1992, what, Father Ted season 2 is about 95. Yeah, so it would have been after this. It probably, probably this. It sort of put him into sort of superstar. Sort of catapulted him. I would argue that this is the la- Father Ted's the last time Graham Norton was funny. Ooh. Ooh. 
Yeah, it's controversial, Stephen. I, I cannot have him as a talk show host. Don't really watch it, but I know a lot of people do like it because he, he, he sort of reformatted he, it, didn't he, by having all the guests out on the sofa at once so they can actually talk to each other. Yeah, it's quite good in that he doesn't just sit there and go, so tell me about your movie, and tell me about this. He just sits there and he's like, he shoots the shit with him, so to speak. He like actually just talks the biggest little balls with him and gets embarrassing stories out of people and all. And, you know, it makes celebrities feel more real. Instead of like sitting Michael Parkinson sitting down to be and like talking to Muhammad Ali being like, so tell me about that time you got punched in the jaw. The Muhammad Ali Michael Parkinson interview is considered one of the greatest interviews. No, it's actually of all time. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, has anyone ever been on holiday in a caravan? Yeah. What, what was it like? It, well, it was like the first caravan they went to for a start. The the big nice one? Yeah, the ugly naked guys one. Uh, it was like that. See, that would that be quite pleasant. I but it was shitter than that. It was like same length, but it was like shit on the inside. It was like it was falling apart and there was no TV, there was nothing in it. Well, you're not supposed to have TV, you're a caravan holiday. You're supposed to be in the great outdoors. I have a TV in a car. That's the whole point of the holiday, is to actually get away from not when 21st you're a child. Even you when you're a child, even better, you get the whole outdoors, the great outdoors way. What would you call them? Uh, you ever been in a caravan? I've, I've been in a caravan. You've been in one? <laughs> uh, I've, I have stayed a night in a caravan, maybe two nights in a caravan, but for me it's one step up from camping and I loathe camping. It's more than one step up from camping because you're not sleeping on the floor, you're sleeping in an enclosed space. An enclosed space and a pull out bed. That wobbles. Yeah, but, you know, that's part of the charm. It makes you appreciate your, you know, IKEA furniture that wee bit more. <laughs> no, I'll be in a hotel down the road, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> are you. Are you the kind of person that goes to a festival and stays in a, in a part hotel down the road, are you? I've never, never camped at a festival, and nor will I. Nor will you. It's horrible. I don't, I don't mind camping. I don't see. I don't, I don't know, I, I don't mind the great outdoors. I have been on a caravan holiday once, when I was like 10 or something, Bundoran. And we just went down to the beach every day and... Oh, yeah, a great if, the, if the weather's good, great, you're out and about, you're going down to the beach, you're playing football, you're barbecuing. But if the weather's... if it's pissing down, you're stuck in town. But that's every far, I do like... Tin hut. I do like the rain beating down on a caravan. Is it not more... It's, it's quite relaxing trying to sleep in it. It's romantic. Mm. Yeah. Is it not more tinny and... Uh, beating down on the Machine gun. Yeah. So if it if it's a good steady flow of rain, like it's fine. If it's just like sitting there sporadic, like there's a tree above you or something, and it's breaking oh, up yeah. the the rain, just then that's annoying. That that's the Chinese water torture torture is torture? Like just <laughs> torture, <laughs> just the constant dripping, just every so yeah. often because you know it's coming, and then the next one comes. Ah, I knew he was going to do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you get two drips. I don't think uh, Board Falcher would be too happy with with uh, Feathered Head's guidebook. Oh, here's a booklet, Ted. Places of interest. St. Kevin's Stump, hmm? <laughs> Sounds good. The Magic Road. Oh. Two places of interest. He came up with two uh, suggestions of what to do. We've already mentioned St. Kevin's Stump, which appears just to be a tree stump. Yeah. It's, it's quite an impressive tree stump, to be fair. Quite large. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, it's probably, it's on its own, which means it would have been a fairy tree, which means anyone should cut that tree down would have had their arms or legs broken or something. You get your curse whenever you cut down a fairy tree, you know that, don't you? A fairy tree? Is yeah. your idea of a curse that you break your arms and legs? That's pretty you're pretty accursed if you've broken your limbs and well, that's just really unlucky. Well that's the curse. Would a curse not be like you I don't know. Do you, do you not hear about these curses? The fairy trees and the fairy rings and stuff? Sounds like very violent varies to me. Yeah. This is Irish folklore. It's like uh, if you don't know just curse you so as you'll never be successful or something? Well, a fairy tree. a joke. Well, that's a, that's a different one. I haven't heard of these curses, or indeed of fairy trees. Well, the fairy tree is a tree that's sort of sitting like in the middle of a field, for no apparent reason. It's the only tree there. 
so the sort of mythology grew up around these fairy trees and why they're sort of like a magic tree. Yeah, and if you cut it down, you're supposed to be cursed. And the other one is the fairy ring. Now Christy Burr sang about fairy rings. I stumbled into a fairy ring. Oh, just I couldn't get out. I was there for three days and three nights, wandering around in circles like a lunatic. I saw a fella come on the road, hey John, give us a hand. That's if, uh, if it's a natural ring of trees, like almost perfect circle. If you get caught inside, you can't find your way out. Now that's a curse, but... Hmm. Like the giant's ring? With uh, the giant's ring, what's that? Have you ever been in the giant's ring? Or is, it up in, is that up in Cape Hill or something? No, no, it's, uh, it's like sort of by my way. Do you know where it is? Yeah, yeah. I've, been up, I've been up the giant's ring. <laughs> <laughs> but so what is it? Be, it's just a, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. It's just a f big field. Right. But there's like a hill that just goes up and like down. Like right away. It's like a wee tiny hill all the way around it. So it's like almost, I don't know. It's like a reverse moat. Instead of being dug so down, it's dug up. It's quite a nice. And then there's like nice. some rocks in the middle of it, yeah. And the whole idea is that you walk around it three times and then there's a furry tree and you have to go and hug the furry tree and then you're fucking blessed. Yeah, see. So whoever's coming In other words, and... people want you to hug this big dirty tree. The more and more you say Giants Ring, the more and more it's sounding pervy. <laughs> well, we'll stop talking about it then. Yeah, please. <laughs> but the other one was the Magic Road, and we saw the effects of that when Jack was on his wheelchair. The, that's another one of the parts of this episode, because like, it's very, again, Father Ted. It's just surreal, stupid, and it's just kind of, it's there, not explained, and it just happens, and it's over and done with. Well, there's a, there's a Magic Road in Oma that has similar effects. There is, is there? There's one. There's one of Spellgadam as well. Where? Spellgadam. Down your way. Spellgadam. Sounds yeah. like somebody's just made up. You don't hear Spellgadam. It's where all the water comes from. What water? Well, it's water that we're drinking. Oh, it goes from there. It gets filtered in a dam named Spellgadam. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of it. No. It's a. Uh, it's. Uh, I kind of know how to get to, it, but I couldn't tell you where it is. Oh, road okay. trip. Yeah, yeah road it's trip. Down, it's down towards kind of near Newcastle. And that provides the north, does it? I, I'm not. I couldn't tell you exactly. Right. But yeah, it does a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. So what what happens over there then? Water there, flows. Yeah, it's similar to the magic road in Father Ted. That things like water flows backwards and so things flow up it. Well, what what are we causing that then? Because I've been in a car. I've, I've done it myself. Like uh, I've been in a car where you break at the bottom of the road, the bottom of the hill, and it does seem to start moving forward mm -hmm. for a good like at least six inches, like. What you mean, back up the hill? Yeah, it might be so. Like it is at the sort of bottom of a, the groove of a hill, so it might be just the back wheels are f are moving forward, which pushes in the front wheels forward or something. But it is happening, like. Yes, mm. I did it with my car at Spelgadam. Right, and you're, you're right. It, so there is a magic. Freaky, it is. So come on. So let's go to the magic road then. Next time we're I remember out, so. at the time researching it why it happened, and it was so long ago now I can't remember why. <laughs> <laughs> the reason was oh, okay. something, something to do with gravitational pull or yeah. the moon or magic. We get Mulder and Scully on the case. I, I reckon there is a there is a TV show about paranormal activity within Ireland. Mm -hmm. I think I think we need to get in the case with this call. Come Danny, on, Danny Dyer's paranormal activity. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> Fucking magic road. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> but uh, this episode, of course, there's a, a classic line, a line that sort of again survived way beyond anything else. Okay, one last time. These are small, but the ones out there are far away. <laughs> small, 
far away. Like the the impact, like everyone loves that line when I'm doing Google stuff, um, like on the in the interactive comedy stuff. All I have to do is just say far away, and if I just say it right, the whole place will go into stitches just because that line is so uh, ingrained in people's heads. Like even this week on Facebook, I seen somebody commenting with that line. I can't remember what the picture was about or anything, but somebody referencing Father Ted with that line. It was that alligator thing, the alligator in the golf course? Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, that alligator is massive, by the way. Aye. I thought alligators were only about the size of this table. But it's, the, it's the little plastic cows that he has in his hand as well, and the look he does in his face is he's going far away. Yeah. <laughs> like they are really far, <laughs> far away. And they just dig on not getting it. Yeah, he does look very confused when he's trying to look out the window and mm. see the ones that are far away. <laughs> it's, it's not quite computing. Moment of just admitting defeat. Just what? slamming them down and giving up on them. I want to know what the situation was that got into that conversation. Yeah, that, that's what cracked me up as well, because Diggle must have said words of the effect of, look how small those cows are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who let the cows into the yeah. caravan? <laughs> what cows? Those ones there. Which reminds me of, um, well, it came out later, but uh, Peter Kay's Phoenix Knights. And the, the two bouncers just stand at the door, and all of a sudden these midgets all start getting out of a bus, <laughs> and they're just stirring, trying to work out like if they're tiny or really far away. <laughs> but it's like typical Father Ted humor. It's just it cuts right into the middle of something. It doesn't like set up the joke or anything. It just cuts into it. It's so you have to know who what Dougal is about to know what that joke is about, because that if you didn't, if you just came straight into that, you'd be like. What's he chatting about? What's why does he need to be told that? Yeah, you have to know Dougal's sort of mental capacity for that to work. I think. Yeah, but I think even if you just came into this episode, any of the episodes are quite good because they can be watched standalone and you can get it all right away. You know, you can work out what the characters are like from the beginning. Uh, yeah, so they, they do. I have noticed they are setting up every script that way. They're formatting every script just to show a quick brief glimpse of uh, whatever they need to show in that episode. So if Jack is going to be particularly annoying this week, it'll do something annoying. In that episode, yeah. So yeah, that, uh, that's definitely true. If you had to do a top five lines, though, Father said that those are small, those are far away. He's definitely in there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it wasn't actually my first choice for line of the show. Oh, because there's cocaine in it was, but then wow. I realised, oh shit, this episode's in. <laughs> no, can we do line of the show now, or do you want right, to okay, yeah. What's your yeah? Uh, well, I'm gonna assume yours is far away. Is it Colin? Uh, I think if you had to pick a classic one from that, maybe not my favourite, but it's certainly the most memorable. I. I don't think that line is that good. I took personally just I think it's funny, but I don't think it's that good. It's my my favourite line. <laughs> just because of how random and nowhere it comes, it's Father Jack sitting there talking to Ted and uh, he goes, Jack. Where am I? What's that in there? Are those my feet? Are those my feet? <laughs> and he's just staring at his feet. That got me perfectly. That one, That's what made me laugh the most because it was just so stupid and it just I don't know. It's just Jack. And I well, Jack, Jack just—it didn't come out of nowhere because Jack just started saying just random questions. Started saying random things, but it was just the—it was fine, like not knowing where he was or who Ted was. But then the doubt his own feet is what yeah. got me. Well, that bit was was supposed to be that Jack was sober up or something. Yeah, he, I think so. And he just had any drink. So what they do to put a, to to silence him? Just put a box over his head. Treat <laughs> <laughs> him like a like a horse. Yeah. Apparently, if you put like a blanket over a horse's head, it'll just go. Oh, it's, it's nighttime. Bed. <laughs> well, uh, actually, when when it went on the show today, it reminded me of Danny the Champion of the World. Do you remember that? No. Uh, the way they, I don't I don't know why this stuck with me, but uh, when I read it, the the way they catch capture chickens, they put a little seed in a little hat for the oh, chicken. The chicken goes yes. in to get it, and then the hat sticks to its face. 
and then it doesn't know what to do. It's completely, you know, as far as it's concerned, it's it's night time and it can't do anything. Yeah. So all they have to do then is just pick them all up. Uh, that's what that reminded me of for some reason. So, but why don't they do that all the time? Why do they bother letting Jack out of that little box? Yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. Like you know, if they have to get him into his wheelchair or anything, you see the struggle they have to just put the box on his head. Yeah. <laughs> And they did remember to bring that because they didn't remember to bring much else on the holiday because that was a very full trailer of stuff they were going to. <laughs> but no board games. <laughs> no board games. Well, we'll go through some of the board games because we have quite a, a significant additions to the uh, the board games rooms today. Yeah. So Dougal was playing with a magnetic fish toy yep. at the very start. I used to have that brilliant game. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you have to do? I've never, I, I was familiar with it, but I didn't know never played it or anything like. Uh, it's, it's not really complicated. <laughs> it's a cir- circular, uh, like almost like a plate with fish on it and it's the circle of the plate revolves and you have to try and the fish's mouths open and close right I think or maybe yeah, mouths just permanently right. open and you had a, had a wee like magnet on the end of a fishing line and you try and put it in the fish's mouth to pick them up right okay but it, like the Ted has a wee go on that as well he had in the like, isn't that whenever Dougal like goes to look at someone or do something and you see Ted just casually picking it up and having to go himself which I think is just funny because he's what? considerably older more mature and he's playing with a child's game did you not bring in about 40 board games the other day <laughs> no they're like they're like proper board games that require some level of thought but it's you know, this kind of game is like something you can imagine a five year old playing like Dougal well it, I was about to say but you would you would just sit down and start picking up because it would be just mindless yeah. sort it's of just there just something to do yeah it'd be the same as picking up Candy Crush Saga like it's at least that, you know, there is some sort of definite target and definite uh, objective there, whereas yeah. Candy Crush Saga just looks like, you know, you tap colours and lots of colours disappear, and I can't figure out what's supposed to be going on. I've, never, I've seen it, but I've never played it. It looked like crap. It does, it looks <laughs> awful. I mean, I, I was commuting in London, and yeah. half the train would be playing Candy Crush on their iPads and stuff, and I'd be sitting behind them and think, what the fuck are they actually doing with this? What, put, what also put me off Candy Crush Saga is it called a saga, which may, isn't a good positive word yeah. <laughs> a bit, of a, bit of a saga isn't it well, <laughs> well when you think about it, like, I think the word saga as being quite uh, you know, epic you know you got Star Wars you know yeah. the saga begins and, well, it, and then you got Candy Crush Saga it's like well, well people are, are like, <laughs> it doesn't really have the same effect does it well people are complaining that level 98 or something is impossibly difficult so it fucking is Oh, so you have played it? Yeah, yeah, I've played it. So you complain about Je- uh, Ted picking up a little fishing rod and you play Candy Crush Saga? Candy Crush is difficult. Well, uh, we'll not get into that. The mechanic fish game takes nerves to steal and exactly. a hand. <laughs> you need the hand of a, of a, a surgeon to play that game. <laughs> but uh, in the trailer, they had foosball, uh, which we haven't actually seen them play yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, brother, like, I said foosball, I'm sort of angry at myself. Table football. Where did this word foosball come from? It's a German word for uh, football. Oh, right. Probably came from Friends, Friends which you again, also yeah. referenced with Ugly Naked Guy earlier on. I was just thinking that actually, just at that moment, I was like, oh, that's from Friends as well, isn't it? Which is what the Americans call table football. Yeah. What do we have over here? Subudium? Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. Did you ever play that? That's yeah. Colin's age, yeah. I had one dreadful game, that. We got it for Christmas and just couldn't figure out how to work it, and yeah. within about two days, all the pieces have gone missing. So. <laughs> <laughs> or they've got stood on. Or, but. I used to, remember, do you remember athletic stores? In yes. the city centre and they used to have a whole it's, the a whole sides room. are still there the sides the, the sides, sides, the sides yeah, are still yeah. there <laughs> they used to have a whole big look wall just with video teams uh, oh all, just collected all the different like, Premier League clubs and international teams and so on I had I had Man United we have a surfboard as well <laughs> when they, can you imagine Ted or Dougal going surfing no it was for Jack <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah he had a good <laughs> yeah <laughs> he did have his rubber yeah, ring on floaties and mm-hmm. stuff 
Uh, and then, of course, they had the Scrabble and the Travel Scrabble for when they're traveling, and the normal Scrabble for when they arrive. <laughs> except Dougal forgot to bring it with him. Uh, of course, I'm a genius at Scrabble, and you can you can kind of challenge me if you want, but you'll. Have you got Scrabble here? I don't have the board game. I've got it on my phone. It is something I do want to get though. A game of Scrabble, you know. I want to get a game. Some Scrabble. intellectual dinner party uh, piece, you know, so I can throw down my seven-letter words with fifty points and everything. And <laughs> yeah. good on countdown as well. Then. Um. Yeah, but I get a bit distracted by Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> but we got another appearance from Dougal's binoculars uh, when he he saw this 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 Serengeti uh, <laughs> wild wildebeest <laughs> on their migration. Uh, this is like, like we mentioned this before. This is like a sort of cutaway gag that Father Ted does as well. So they were pretty on early on board with that as well. It's probably that probably stemmed from uh, Monty Python. Mm-hmm. I did think it was a Python esque guy, mm-hmm. and uh, I was actually thinking it was a bit. What's that show from the eighties? Young ones. Yes, yeah. uh, it's it, very like that. I think maybe it was more directly involved, influenced by young ones. I thought. I mean, we were discussing how many different types of humour that that Father Ted actually you know hits upon, and like they they have so many, which is why I think it works because there's so many levels of, of humour within it, and it, as you say, for the large part, it does it does sort of avoid sitcom cliche as well and, and yeah. sitcom tropes. Yeah, so we'll get to the actual caravan then. They come back after a day out to the rock, and Father Noel Furlong is sitting waiting for them. Hello, Noel. What in goodness name are you doing here? Well, actually, this is our caravan. Oh, Father Roth said we could use it. Yes, I see. I think he must say it to everyone. Hey, you lot, room for two more on the St. Luke's youth group? Uh, Motion fast, sit down there, and we'll have a bit of an old song. What can we sing? Will you sing one, Ted? Uh, no, I won't. Yeah, uh, you will. You have a lovely voice. Very like Celine Dion. <laughs> will you dance, then? Come on, Tony, sit down the old river dance album. Uh, actually... <laughs> actually, Noel, I'm, I'm quite tired. What? Maybe you're right, actually. We're all a bit exhausted from the old singing. Some of us overdid it down the old local last night. <laughs> Jerry Fields knows who I'm talking about, huh? What? Hey? He's, he's been double booked on their timeshare. Mm. <laughs> for long in his gang. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he was a youth volunteer group. It'd be a horrible experience <laughs> to have to sit for... How long do you think they're volunteering for? However <laughs> it is, it's too long. Yeah. Father Noel. Father, Father Noel. And... He just drives people off the wall because you cannot stop talking, and you have met people like that. They're just just bundles of energy, and they just you just don't know how to switch them off. <laughs> it, it must be exhausting being like that. It's like they're always on. Like they're always trying to be the funny one, or trying to be the big get everyone involved one. Or and it's like God, I'm getting tired just watching you. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think probably what killed the episode for me to be honest. Like you all said, Father Stone killed the episode for you, but I like that episode. Whereas with him, he kind of killed it for me, and he wasn't even in it that long. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, as big an impact in the actual episode as I thought it would be. It's only like the last five I minutes. I thought he was in a lot more. Yeah, from what I remember, but the, no, apparently not. But that just shows how how impactful he was. Mm. And then he got he got to return there in season three, uh, and we'll come to that as well. He's just is he just in two episodes of the whole? I think so. Yeah, he might. I'm trying to think because he may show up. But I don't know if he appears anymore. I can only think of two instances where he appears, and that's one of them there, and then the one in season three. Well, he meets his demise in the season three episode. Of course, we'll get to that when we, yeah, when we, we cover it. But uh, forced funds. People who try to force fun on you, they're the most annoying people in the world, aren't they? I remember we were at a party one night in this guy's house, and we'd all been we'd been doing a sort of finish the show, and we were just having an aftercast party, and he insisted on posing every picture, every you know, 
oh, quick, everyone carry such and such across their arms so we can make it look like they're flying, and now we're getting a human pyramid, and now... We'll, I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm just trying to have a chat here. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like, that's... Whenever I had a job, I've just recently left, uh, we, there used to be like thing called Wig Wednesday. Right. Not every Wednesday. That would be, be torture, but... <laughs> <laughs> now and again, you had to bring in a funny wig to work on Wednesday. It's for charity. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that old chestnut. Or fancy dress, Friday things they got. It just forced fun, trying to make people do stupid things just so we can all have a laugh. Yeah, to, to raise morale. And it, yeah, I hated that in sort of corporate world when I had my brief visitation to it. It's like all these little. And it'll be great, and we'll all raise loads of money for charity, and that gives you an excuse just to have to endure the shittest thing. But it did at least get you off the phones or get you off whatever you were supposed to be doing. I went into charity work uh, recently. For, with work because they were like oh it's going to be fun I went because I heard it was free pizza so that was why I went were you the charity? yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just heard it's going to be free pizza every two hours we're going to get pizza and I was like yeah I'll do it yeah oh, children in need must be nightmares for you did you get the pizza? it's for sports relief <laughs> sports relief was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's when the other phone. did, did you do pizza. any sport? no we answered by free calls and then when he got relief <laughs> <laughs> did you do any comic relief stuff? I think you have haven't you before? I I've, or something. Yeah, I've done I've done charity gigs. I've done quite a few charity gigs over the years. It's part of your portrait. Oh, sorry, we didn't plug your portrait today. So, um, how's your portrait going? It's too late now. We'll get it at the end of the episode. So. <laughs> yeah, you you always get people just just want to drive the fun, and it's like you know when people are around and having a good time, the you know conversation will flow organically, and people come up with stuff to do, and yeah. if everyone's bored, well, you'll find something just to entertain yourselves. But mm. if somebody's always trying to drive it then they become the most annoying person then you just want to punch them in the face well no no for long as that type yeah to play the guitar to dance to sing to do everything he just obviously grits on Ted and grits on the viewer as well and nobody could do anything if I'm commenting yes and Vince Kettle knows what I'm talking about <laughs> but half past the 11 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Huh>? and he sends Dougal mad it's nearly 6 o'clock in the morning <laughs> I think what we should all do now is tell a few ghost stories! Ted. Yes. I'm going mad. It's the first time Jubal's ever got annoyed by a character as yeah. well, I think. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's so passive, though, for all Dougal. Like, that's, that's the worst, what was the most negative thing he has to say about somebody. What was he even said? I'm Ted, I'm going mad. Oh yeah. <laughs> he just he raised his head from parapet of like just <laughs> sleeping bodies because there's about twenty of them in this tiny little four foot by four foot caravan and he just raised his head. Dead. I'm going mad. <laughs> <laughs> they could have taken the box off Father Jack's head and set him on him. He well ja- Jack was gone by this stage of course. Yeah. Jack had oh, uh, fallen yeah, off yeah. a cliff. Ah. Oh. Uh, the magic room. Under Dougal's negligent uh, <laughs> care. If only Barty Dunn had met him. Barty Dunn would have a great time with him. Party done with the laughing priest. You couldn't. You couldn't actually get any words out. Oh, yeah. they, they I, do <laughs> I do think that's something to do well when they exaggerate a character. They do get their intended effect from. It, yeah. So they just blow everything up to outrageous proportions. Like, Fatherstone was mind-numbingly boring. He's just mind-numbingly annoying. And then the guy laughing party done is just a dick. <laughs> no, he's alright. I like him. Guy last week grieving. Just in a slap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really got on that. Just, but when they do it, they all have the desired effect of they are quite draining, even to the viewers. 
No, well, I imagine how Ted feels. Bloody sitcoms with their crazy characters. Yeah. <laughs> There's the world coming to. <laughs> oh, but like, oh, they, they do them well enough that they're only ever in for, well, apart from Father Stone, Father Stone has a whole episode, but the rest are usually just there long enough that you get annoyed by them and then they're gone. Mm. Yeah. Except no, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't mother, you filthy little bastard. <laughs> What's your favourite humming noise? <laughs> uh, boring? Pr- or oh, yes, the, the one with a really boring voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a different one again. So it was lots of very uh, outrageous comedy characters come up. Vince, you're going to have a hard time going through the podcast for us. Why? Because there's going to be a lot more of these. Oh, no, no, <laughs> just, they don't bother me too much. Uh, just I think he, he just killed it for me because he was in it. Maybe he kind of overstayed his welcome a little bit too much for me in the episode. Well, he was, like I said, he was only in for five minutes. I know, but I think it was five minutes too long. And it didn't, it, it didn't quite seem to annoy the campers as much as we will see him the next time. The next time... They're at their uh, wits end, like. Yeah, but I think they've only... They, they seem a bit more involved in what they're doing, so when he gets his guitar out, or when he's, you know, lives at the music, with the big shaking hands, everyone's already in within seconds, like. Yeah. And speaking of the music, did you recognise any of the songs? No. Oh, was... no. I did recognise a few, but I can't remember the names of them. Well, there was, uh, I think, no... Hole of the Moon, was that one of them? The Hole of the Moon was one of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Too far. That was a great song. I didn't actually read that. Yeah. I've written it down. I've written it down. <laughs> uh, Dirty Old Town was the last one he came yeah. in for, uh, which is of course made famous by the Pogues. Uh, do you know what city that's about? Bit of pop quiz hotshot. Uh, I would probably guess Dublin. It's not actually. I thought it might have been about Belfast at one point because he talks about the Gasworks Wall, which is of course about fifty yards down this road. There's a Gasworks by the old canal. But it's not a canal; it's a river. Uh, it's actually Salford. Oh, it was. Uh, it was Chris McCall's father who wrote that song. Mm-hmm. You. Uh, and then the song they're singing at the start, is there a song called I- Ebony and Ivory? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is quite ironic, because it's two of the whitest men in show business. <laughs> well, one of them... What, what, what stage of Michael's career was it? White. Uh, no, I think, he was, I think he was still black then. It was the, it was, <laughs> it was, it was the 80s. I always er, loved that. 80s, though, or... Bad era 80s? It was, uh, I, I don't know. Ebony and Ivory lived together. Side by side on yeah, perfect harmony. Side by side on my piano keyboard. I always like, I've never heard that song before. That with like some musicians or comedians or actors, whatever you can determine what stage of their career they're at by like their personality or how they're dressing. Whereas Michael Jackson's was he black or was he white? Yeah, <laughs> what stage was the uh, cosmetic th- surgery? Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> was he was he a child or was he diddling? Uh, <laughs> we can cut that again. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got a lot of stuff on here. We've got the filtration process down. It's just how I talk. Well, when uh, Ted and Dougal decide to get out of the caravan, then they, they run into ugly naked guy again. Well, they try to avoid him by hiding in a cubicle. I think he's quite handsome. Well, we haven't but really. really that okay. I just want to say that <laughs> it is quite catchy that word. That yeah. name isn't it? <laughs> fair, we haven't actually mentioned any of the times they've encountered him. Uh, well, I was about to say when they climbed over the rock. And that was well, near St. Ke- Kevin's stop. the first time. Yeah, the first time was when they, well, you already mentioned they were in the caravan. Well, they were in the caravan and then uh, sitting there all getting relaxing and chillaxing all cool. And all of a sudden, this naked man walks out drying his hair and just sits down beside them and nobody <laughs> notices. Well, they notice, but he doesn't notice for a good while. And obviously, police. <laughs> the next thing he says, police show up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, him and his wife were both in the shower together, and they do seem like they're on a bit of a dirty holiday, so yeah. you can imagine he's very post-coital at that moment. Hmm. <laughs> so so what, what sort of status do you think he was in? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Uh, I think you know what I mean. <laughs> a 
that's not Flash expected. I expected to hear. Hey, you give me Nick, Nick three, and this is where I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the third and final time, the final straw was when he was in the toilet cubicle, and unfortunately, Mrs. Ugly Naked Guy was uh, <laughs> <laughs> was using the said toilet facilities. Uh, so the, the man decided he'd had enough, and he wasn't gonna go to the police involved. He was going straight to source. So he jumped on Ted and Dougal's bonnet in his uh, in his towel again and uh, <laughs> decided to stay there. Open, please open. You're all right there, Ted. He's a fair bit away yet. Might be worth speeding up there a bit, Ted. Sorry about that. Bloody perverts! Ted. He's probably very cold now that his towel is blown away. Quite, uh, quite determined he was, though, wasn't he? He was clinging on to the wiper blades, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's quite. I've done that before as a you know a stupid kid. You know, jump on top of a car while it's moving. Wearing, wearing a towel. <laughs> well, not wearing a towel. I was, I was fully clothed at the time. I probably shouldn't have been wearing jeans actually because the button thingies would probably scratch the car. But never mind. <laughs> I uh, just on a similar subject, I tried to you know like a. American detective sliding across the bonnet of the car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, tried, I tried to do that one day, but apparently those those cars and those TV shows are all waxed, so you just yeah. kind of glide. Across <laughs> it. I, just, I just hit mine, left a dent in it. <laughs> <laughs> Your own car as well. Yeah, it was my own car too. <laughs> what was so a good thing? Were you in a celebratory mood or something, or I was trying to show off? I think for somebody. across this bonnet. <laughs> maybe wore like say tr- work trousers or something that might have worked. Yeah, you can do it in cords. Cause too too much traction there. Yeah. I guess we're gonna go outside and do some tests in your car, Mac. I get some chargers. Uh, right. Okay. I've got a, I've got a numerous ones. I've got uh, got nice three quarters here. Probably work quite yeah, well. Yeah. I got jeans. Um, put some chargers on Colin. We'll see who slides the furthest. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I don't know what it'd be like to be naked though. Like uh, our ugly naked guy was. Like, I can imagine. <laughs> we we know he was cold because his tall came on. But I imagine it's very uncomfortable though. But he's lying face down. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and eventually Ted decides to come to a stop, and that's the one moment uh, where he actually falls off and falls in a heap. Yeah, it still doesn't stop him getting to the window and, and puncturing the tires of the car. I do like their suggestion on how they're gonna uh, get out of this situation, which is uh, just say we didn't see him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> if you just if you just tried that, if you genuinely did just try and say just play as dumb as you can, you'd probably just frustrate the guy into just. Right, you're not worth it. I'm going or home. Knocking you out or slicing your tires. Well, you know, you're at the worst possible situation you could be in anyway. Yeah. It's sure. not necessarily a it's bad It's not going to get any worse. Yeah, exactly. It's not necessarily a bad suggestion. But yeah, he punctures their tires so that now they're stranded. And it comes full circle, as you say, when Tom comes back with a serious truck. And as you say, he sprays them, he sprays them all over with his sewage mm-hmm. and gets them back to Craggy Island to round off what was a terrible, terrible holiday. Have you had any holidays that were comparably terrible? With Ian Vince is bound to have. Every trip I've ever had. <laughs> There's always an argument or something. When you get like family enclosed in a caravan or even like a hotel and all, there's always an argument. Well, I think that's what they were trying to say. It's like holidays are actually more fucking bother than they're worth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you take yourself completely out of your routine. You're sticking everyone in a very false situation where they don't have much to do. And, you know, let's, let's have the sparks fly. If somebody's determined, right, this is my holiday, we're going to relax, damn it, we're going to relax. And yeah, just there's, <laughs> there's always someone who's like, everyone's going to fucking enjoy themselves. Yeah. And it's like, uh, no. <laughs> and I think that's what they're trying to they're trying to portray. Like, sometimes 
you need a holiday to get over your holiday. Like it's. Uh, yeah. I was about to say it's probably worse if you're working. You know, forty-eight weeks of the year, and you get your little, your one-week holiday. I've never been that fully employed, so I wouldn't know. But perhaps you could, you could enlighten us all on what that's like. Uh, well, I went. I was in Spain last week. Sorry, two weeks ago now, just for three nights, four days, with some friends, and it was chaos. Just constant partying. Just drinking from Ketchikan, was it? Yeah, down on the beach, drinking and all this. And I got home and I needed like a few days just on my own in the quiet, just to kind of yeah. <laughs> recover from Just to from get that. The, the dopamine flowing again in your head that's been no. all drained out from but four it days It wasn't a bad holiday, it was brilliant, it was brilliant crack and all that. It just, uh, I think it was the alcohol, just getting older. Yeah. I suppose the closest I had the bad, bad holiday was when I went to New York and a hurricane hit. Oh, really? <laughs> mm. So what, were you sort of bound into your hotel room or something? Or? Stuck in the hotel room, yeah, for two extra Was this about two years ago, was it? This was 2012. Right, yeah. When Hurricane Sandy. That's, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Hurricane Sandy hit New York. So that was... It wasn't a bad... That's in the sense of, like, the Father Ted, where... He's miserable, like, yeah, but... It's, there was people annoying you, it was just, you couldn't go anywhere, you couldn't do because it was a hurricane. And it was the entire the entire time you were there, yeah? No, no, the first two days were okay. So I went down in Oregon, you could have went anywhere, really. And you probably would. It took you a second to get that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you wouldn't know where you ended up. Yeah. Like a, a bonus holiday, like a surprise holiday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, that would be... Uh, you must have been worried about getting back then, because surely you wouldn't have the airports. No, was everything was closed yeah. uh, on the nor- on the eastern seaboard. My my concern at that time, I don't want to go into too much detail because it's about Father Ted, but yeah. my concern was getting back because I had a big show that weekend supporting John Cooper Clark. Oh, ah, okay, so like near the peak of your career as a poet, like? Yeah. Same fuck, yeah. And that, that was, I've, I've been thinking about that, I'm working so hard to get to that point, and I was yeah. like, shit, I'm not going to be able to get back in time, but thankfully the day before, the day before the gig, they managed to get, get back yeah, home, did they? Got a flight back home, but I was still jet lagged and still a bit confused and cautious. <laughs> yeah, so you weren't sort of at peak performance, like, or you weren't at much fit, like, or it was okay, but it wasn't. I could have done better. I'm not sure you can do it again now. You lose the time. You all the time to work. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Got me on dressing room though. It was like fucking big time now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think like we can wrap it up there then. So um, let's have, have thoughts on on the episode overall. Then, what would you think of uh, Hell season two, episode one? We'll start with Vince. Well, Vince is, Vince is sort of summed up his position, but can you? Yeah, uh, I guess thinking back on it, there was more moments in it that I liked, but still not one of my favourites. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be in your top five then? Maybe in top five, and I've never really been a big fan of the far away line either. <laughs> How can you not be a big fan of that? That's like one of the most defining it's, lines of the show. Like. It's funny, like, but I, just, I don't think it's the best line. What was it? Well, I need to go through the rest of my <laughs> so, But so far it has been, are those my feet? See that that looks like that's something I would expect to see in a lesser sitcom. See, I just I like I like the absurdity of that. Yeah. I like really absurd sort of comedy. Well, what do you think, Colin? I really like that that episode. Yeah. Contrary to what Vince was saying, I do like the small far away line, and I think it's I think it was a brilliant start to the second series. For the, it probably was, yeah. They're yeah. getting out and about. They're not just staying in the parochial house. Yeah, they're not they're not just uh, going to the routine or just hitting the same rituals again. So, like you mentioned earlier that every sitcom goes away somewhere. I think from where they were coming from, like so they were the biggest hit of the last year and now they had to come back. Mm. To just go back in to do the same this yeah, as you say, a priest visit the island and they had to deal with them. I think that would have just been too routine. So they had to come back with something bigger, I think. Yeah, but does it, is this season the one with speed? 
No. That's season three, isn't it? Yeah. But like that to me is the ultimate Father Ted episode and I think that managed to get outside of the house without hitting like any sitcom tropes maybe like managed to be a really good parody and a very good Father Ted episode without being enclosed to the house. Yeah. Well we'll talk about uh, speed three when it gets there. When it up to that. Right. What's up next? Well what's up next is season two, episode two, and I'm gonna have to check the name of this one second. It's not, I don't know the name, but it's the, they have the raffle. Uh, they have the raffle with, uh, oh, what was your the, DJ called? The car? Uh, DJ Barry O'Dwyer, the Spin Master. The Spin Master, yeah. Or so, Billy O'Dwyer, sorry. Billy O'Dwyer. Spin, spin Master. But I thought this episode was, uh, was fantastic. I don't know if it'll go in the top five, though. It might be a contender, but it says it's a very outside contender for top five. So I've, I've let you know about this. We're going to try and rank them at the end. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this will be... All of them? In order? Uh, right. Not all in order, just the top five. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'll order the top five, just which of the five best episodes. Nah, I have to put order in it. I might do that. Just gonna What's life if I order? What, true? True. Yeah, that's... that's well, I always try to rank things anyway. So I've rated every film I've ever seen on IMDb. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got four. I was like, you've rated every film you've ever seen and you know the exact order of them now. Oh, no, God, no. <laughs> Men in Black, number one. No. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so join us next week. We are now live on iTunes, so give us a, a rating and review on iTunes. You can find us on facebook.com slash ecumenicalmatters. So you, you can uh, comment on us if, the, if you find us a bit controversial. If you, if you want to tell us how good Father Stone was, if you want to say you agree with uh, Graham and Arthur, please do let us know and we'll, uh, we'll mention it in the next show. But until then, he's doing what uh, in poetry in the next few months? Or poetry and writing and song writing? What am I doing? I, I'm actually doing a charity gig in, on the 24th of June, which is a Friday night, in the Maple Leaf Club in East Belfast. Oh, yes, that's near where we used to live, isn't it? Uh, it is very close yeah. to it. It's beside the Park Avenue Hotel. Uh, and don't, don't give too much away. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's not my home address. They can triangulate, you know? <laughs> no, that's great, so what's, what's charity? It's, it's going to be a brilliant night of, of poetry, comedy, music, all sorts of so many performers on it that I, I'm kind of like wondering how, how it's all going to fit in uh, but it's for a charity called Chronically Fabulous which, which uh, helps people with um, sort of like bone disease and, and, and mobility issues and so on right okay brilliant, yeah, brilliant to head down behind the Park Avenue Hotel you'll see the sign you see the, the sign the Canadian yeah. flag I think it is that's right yeah so I'll, I'll try and get down to that that'd be brilliant actually yeah how much is it in is that been determined yet uh, I think it's £7 I get in free Hmm. And uh, who's your plus one? <laughs> <laughs> your grateful host. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, thank you very much. And Vince, well, thanks very much for coming around as always. What are you playing these days on Flimosh? Nothing at the minute. Waiting on Mirror's Edge coming out this month. But thank you very much for listening and bless you. <laughs>